This week's episode is brought to you in part by FNX Fit, a fitness supplements brand that can get you hooked up with all of your pre, post, during workout needs, as well as other nutritional supplements. Use checkout code CARLPOOLING at fnxfit.com to get 15% off your order. Hunter? Christopher? I, I recently moved, as I, think, as I think you know. I believe I even might have mentioned it last week on the show. Yeah, I think this is all correct. And I, I did something, and it's one of the most unfulfilling decisions I've made in my entire life. Did you go to a Whole Foods? No, I've never been to a Whole Foods. Oh, well, you know, but it's always... I bought a washer and dryer set mm-hmm. because I decided it was unprofessional, even if I was working from home, to uh, never wash my clothes again. However, I have never spent so much money on something that I wanted to use so little. <laughs> yes. Uh, Christopher, as the older more grown-up or more responsible or brother uh i've had my own washer and dryer for nigh on four years now okay well hold on a minute because i don't want you to go away with the idea that i haven't been washing my clothes have you not I have oh i okay. have okay great i've great. just always lived in a area that either came with its own washer and dryer uh-huh or i rented a washer and dryer but Fair now I've decided that I'm old enough and, and mature enough to spend several thousand dollars on chores. <laughs> That's right. Um, ever since I have owned said washer and dryer uh, with the money I took to Home Depot and purchased it with, uh, my wife has hung a sign in the room that says, laundry has sucked since 1654 or something like that. So, we have the that's, same sentiment at this house. Well, that's good to hear. It's good to hear I'm not alone. But is this what dying feels like? Just out of curiosity. Laundry? No, it it's, it's like... just like... I just feel very close to my own demise. <laughs> I just feel that when you're... I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't but a decade past that if I had several thousand dollars to blow, I would have... I would have contracted diabetes at that exact moment and yet now i i spent a couple thousand dollars so my clothes can smell like a tide pod and hunter i didn't even snort the tide pod to really get into the scent i just i think this is what being dead is like i think i'm just far too close to the edge of oblivion now um well well, is this a quarter life crisis yes Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I think so. Okay. It has all the characteristic signs, Hunter. Can I ask you a pertinent question to appliance purchasing, Christopher? Yeah. Do you own a dishwasher? Yes. I mean, there's a yep. dishwasher in yep. my apartment. That, that's what I meant. That's what I meant. So look, think about it like this. You've got time, right? You haven't, you haven't purchased all your appliances yet. And so, yep. That's true. The scepter, of, the scepter of death is looming. 
and coming for your soul shortly. Uh, but keep him at bay as long as you can. That's Here's my one, message. Hunter, one thing that keeps me young <laughs> is that the only refrigerator that I own yes. is only <laughs> a foot and a half tall, and it has the monster logo on the front. <laughs> wow. Wow, you are... And you it are, glows green. Yeah, you, you're fine. I wouldn't worry about it for a minute. You're probably going to live for another uh, checks math thousand years. So well, you're good. That's good. You know, Hunter, I think crisis averted. I think you really talked me down. And now yeah. I'm in a calm, comfortable state, ready to introduce Carl Pooling. Thank you for joining us, audience. It's Carl Pooling. It's the best show as rated by uh, two podcasts, anonymous podcast hosts. Uh, best show on iTunes, rated by just a randomly selected uh, podcast hosts who were on a conference call that I had earlier. So, <laughs> we we thank you for joining us. Uh, this is this is a show about everything that'll get you fired. It is the show that will get you fired. We talk about religion, art, psychology, politics, uh, science, math, and all of the topics that you're currently only allowed to have one opinion on that's right we like jesus and we don't like little nasex we're very controversial so we're very controversial i'm gonna let you enjoy that i have no idea where you're going with that no no just like very country country (laughs) (laughs) i was really tough it's tough I'm going to mark it now because I'm probably going to remove it. Sure, that's fair. Or at least bleep it because <laughs> I just don't think that came across at all like you meant it to, Hunter. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see what happens. How is country even relevant? Well, like country music. You know? Because Old Town Road because this like, has been objectively <laughs> the worst start to a podcast there's no way i've done way worse <laughs> there's absolutely no way this is my worst yeah except for this one i'm actually not i'm just i've just made up my mind i'm not gonna edit it we're oh, gonna no. let this stand in all its glory <laughs> oh no uh, anyway i appreciate uh you all joining us for hunter's uh, ill-timed <laughs> music genre Puns? I don't even know if that counts as a pun. Some su- something sub pun. Yeah. Uh, anyway, yes, we appreciate you joining us. Hey, we also appreciate all the new listeners. This week has been an incredible week for new listeners coming to the show. So, uh, welcome. Rate us on iTunes. This isn't you know free. Daddy's got to eat. Free. Yeah. So, give me uh, that Tim Cook money, please and thank you. Seriously, we need we need the the. Tim Apple to open up his giant wallet yeah, and share some of his sweet green with us. Mm. Now, Hunter, we like to start the show with a special segment, a segment that I like to call Roadkill. It's where we take something funny that the um, illiberal left did this week and we lampoon it, even though it needs no lampooning. It is its own lampoon. So I'm hoping you've got something spicy for us all. This week, Hunter, please deliver unto me the roadkill. Um, right. Uh, do you remember uh, our hero and savior of the Republic, Caitlyn Jenner? 
Hunter, <laughs> I I do remember Bruce Jenner from uh, ages past. I believe he was a very fast boy. Yeah, and then he became the most beautiful lady ever to be on Vogue. That's was, right. It's quite he a did. lot to do in one life. Um, Bruce became Caitlyn, and then Caitlyn, Caitlyn became some kind of plump scarecrow, <laughs> and ESPN lost their mind, if well, I recall correctly. The that's ancient correct. texts. That's correct. And if you also, to bring up another controversial figure, uh, there's this governor of California called Gavin Newsom. Um, you may have heard of him. Gavin, my boy, how's it going lately? How you hey, been? Hey, it's me, Chris. I'm Gavin Newsom. <laughs> What's funny <laughs> is because you sa- that sounds like the Caitlyn Jenner voice. Ah! Um, do you remember, did you see when Caitlyn Jenner went on The Masked Singer and did, um, did oh, TikTok no. on the clock oh, by oh, Keisha? No. It's it's literally so bad. It's TikTok on the clock. Like it is unwatchable, and oh. all the judges are sitting there like, "Oh, we are this contractually obligated to like this. If we don't like this, the Rainbow Army will come and cancel me." Yeah, and they're all like trying to. De- oh, it's so cringy. If you haven't seen it, do yourself a favor. Just Caitlyn Jenner, TikTok, uh, Keisha, Masked Singer on YouTube. It is. I wish it's I had amazing. I wish I had all the money and fame where I could just live out my most childish fantasies in public, and everyone had to bow to me. Like anyway. going on the matter what if you if you had a gender transition and you went on the masked singer, what song would you sing? Oh, um, and I know what you're thinking, Hunter. It can't be a classic Jim Eagle hit. You're gonna have to pick <laughs> a different. Dig- a different artist, a different, uh, a different major recording artist like Jim. Oh, uh, you know, like nothing would make me happier than to sing faithfully, and <laughs> that would be pretty <laughs> sacrilegious. But it would really, really get to me in the most appropriate ways. Oh so. man! Oh, that would be magical. Okay, thanks for that aside. Okay. Uh, Stretch goal. Check our patron. <laughs> Stretch goal. <laughs> anyway. Our Kickstarter is 0% funded after two years. (laughs) So, anyway, Gavin Newsom's been recalled. Caitlyn Jenner has had enough of his naughty politics and is coming in with just a vicious right hook. Listen, us ladies aren't going to stand for it any longer, see? And uh, she kind of blew up the internet this week by saying that... uh, Trans girls shouldn't participate in high school sports with other girls, uh, which, you know, is a normal thing to this, say. What are you laughing at? so funny because Bruce, who was an incredible athlete, who's now yes. based his entire identity on this Caitlyn character, right? Yes. Is like... No, I still, I still would have kicked your asses. <laughs> like, don't fool yourself. Don't fool yourself. I, I'm still super fast. <laughs> yeah. No, it's exactly. Oh that. man, that's so rich. I, and like, okay, hold on a minute, because this is for me. This is like the Blair White thing. It's like, yeah, like, I kind of agree with you. Like, good on you for not asking everyone to ignore basic reality for 
a decision that you made. Like, in a way, good on Caitlyn Jenner here. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I don't agree with a lot of the lifestyle decisions. And frankly, it's America. I don't have to. But I appreciate not using... I appreciate that he's not using his identity as a as a club to bully the rest of society away from what are objectively verifiable points. So that's cool. Right. And I agree. And I, I mean, like I actually retweeted that comment, you know, kind of the same thing that you're saying is like, Hey, I don't approve everything this person is doing, but I really like this stance and I think it's important and I think it needs to be out there. And I'm, I'm uh, proud that that, uh, that Caitlin is carrying that message. Um, enter George Takai into our story. Uh, because because it's necessary uh he is like the limp-wristed whiny beetlejuice it like whenever there's a whine to be had just say say social justice three times in the mirror and george takei appears with an absolutely disappointing take yeah so here are two tweets uh around the time when caitlin finished her uh finished the transition and it goes like this. Uh, Welcome to the party, Caitlyn Jenner. You're stunning inside and out, which is just a beautiful sentiment. Nothing, oh, wow. No, right. It's just fantastic. And another one. This soldier said it all here. Caitlyn is amazing. Um, what, what year are those from, though? 2015. Okay. Gotcha. But, but now that Caitlyn's made these comments about uh, sports... Here's George Takai's take. Caitlyn Jenner is no friend of the LGBTQ community. Don't call her an activist. She's a menace. <laughs> <laughs> so, just, She's just super menace. consistent. Just super consistent there, George Takai. We're really, really happy that you brought that cunning wisdom, uh, vicious rebuke, and just kept everybody focused on what was mad, what, what was important, and that was you virtual sing- you virtue signaling to everybody else about how amazing you are. So yeah, thanks. George Takei, are you gonna go back and have a mea culpa when you personally congratulated a menace and welcomed them to quote the party? Yes. Are you ever going to have to eat your words, or are you just disappointed and get to change your stance with impunity now that this person is no longer useful to your personal virtue signal? You, mm. The inconsistency is so telling here. When when he was useful to you, oh, welcome, you hero. You're you're the savior of the gay, and now you're now a menace, a menace to the LGBTQ community. Where's your apology? Where's right. your apology? If if you actually think that this person is a menace, it almost seems like you just change your stance with whichever direction the wind is currently blowing, which is pretty unfortunate, I think. Um, from a from a huge Star Trek fan, uh, George Takei is the most disappointing member of the crew, and it has nothing to do with his sexual orientation, although he would say it does. It also is funny to me, like on an intersectional level, George Takei is is a he's Asian. Sure, stop Asian hate. Um, Hunter, stop it. Hunter, I, stop it. Oh. I didn't even know what I was doing. I, I'm gonna rub wow. your nose in that Asian hate. <laughs> and, but he's he's but a simple gay. Mm. He is but just a queer. And yet, Caitlyn Jenner. I mean, I I I think the transsexual doesn't that rank like way higher than simple gay. 
I... It's been a minute since I've checked this, the the heuristics. Doesn't simple gay sound like a like a like sounds like simple plan? An old timey food stuff. Yes. Like, like try simple gay molasses. Um, oh no! But anyway, oh no! <laughs> um. <laughs> it's not okay though. What you did was wrong. Anyhow, anyhow. Um, I I just I think. Who are who are you, George Decay, to talk about his uh, his story mm. and and his journey? Mm. Anyway, it is so funny when they eat themselves. They always do. Um, nom nom nom. You know, Hunter. One thing I was actually talking to uh, one of our friends, our mutual friends, about that this week. We have friends. Well, one of our mutual humans. Ah, okay, fair. We pretend, uh, we're, and we're being told that these these cultural issues, that these cultural battles have been being fought forever. Um, do you remember that in 2009, Barack Obama opposed gay marriage? Yeah. Yes. Like, in yes. 2009, yep. like, woke Jesus yeah. opposed something as benign as gay marriage. Right. It's just important to remember how fast the goalposts are changing. Yes. And how inconsistent we're allowing these people to be. It it is truly incredible. And I think that's it's relevant when George Takei is uh, you know, frothing at the mouth over Caitlin but but seven years ago and is now saying he's a menace and, and he's destroying the LGBTQ community. Um anyway. Yeah, ever what? since the 60s, the cultural line has definitely uh, shifted a good bit, and uh, there's plenty of good reason for that, and one is Gen X just needs to get their crap together. Sorry, Gen X. I said it first. They suck. I well, hate them so much. Oof. Oof. Shots fired. You know, Hunter, I believe that the children are the future. Um, yeah, Gen Z is going to save us. I agree. I'm just trying to be a baby boomer. Well, I still can't. <laughs> All right. Anyhow, um, thanks, Hunter. Thanks for bringing up the uh, the roadkill. Mm. That was a uh, man. That was. It's always fun to talk about some some famous LGBTQ rainbow guys, the Alphabet Brigade, out in full force, but they can't quite keep their party allegiance in order. No. Interesting. Interesting times for certain. Absolutely. So, Hunter, let us get into our main topic today. Our main topic today is. Probably going to be a little bit less, a little bit less serious than what we've been doing in the past couple of weeks, which is okay because uh, we don't want to wear you guys out with uh, how perfect and well spoken and correct we usually are. Yeah, you guys need to feel good about yourselves. Yeah, it can be exhausting to spend time mm. around people you look up to so much, <laughs> um, and I, I don't want you to misconstrue it. You're not spending time with us. Uh, you're yes. you're just listening to us. It's very and important to make sure. That people yeah. understand that. Because we wouldn't hang out with you. Yes, yes, this is so good. That needs to be said. Yes. Uh, but <laughs> but all the other podcasters are like, thank you so much. And uh, we do it enough, you know, we do it a fair amount of, of, of being sincere with our audience. But I, I do believe we might be 
the the most widely listened to podcast that just simply routinely abuses their listeners. They deserve it. I mean, they're the ones listening to this hateful show that's going to get them fired. I mean, what did they expect? Well, I feel like it's a service we're providing, Hunter. Like, if you're right. going to choose to live your life like ideas matter and, and responsibility matters, then it's time to toughen up a little bit. <laughs> Welcome to carpooling. <laughs> Welcome to carpooling. Uh, so, so anyway, uh, yeah, it can... We, we wouldn't hang out with you, but I know sometimes... <laughs> In your in your fibrility, you feel like you're hanging out with us when you listen to the show. So we're going to tone it down a little bit this week and just talk about something that I find interesting. I know Hunter finds interesting. He's been researching a little bit, and it's actually relevant right now because yeah. it is a, a it's something that we like to forget. And some of the actors who were involved in what what we could call Hunter a real life conspiracy theory well not yeah, a, a no. theory it's a real life conspiracy yes absolutely um, are making some interesting plays right now so i think i think hunter let's start with kind of the two bits of news information that yes, made us think I, that this topic was relevant yes. and then just talk about you know the conspiracy and what happened and why we think it happened and and Maybe just give you some background information on some of the less savory aspects of our federal government. How's that sound? Man, that's that's exactly how I want to do it. Um, so uh, I guess the first one to touch on is our Lord and Savior, um, King of America, Joe Biden. Hunter, um, do you know what the R stands for in Joseph Biden? Isn't regal. it Joseph? Uh, <laughs> Don't, not correcting it. Go ahead. Joseph, Joseph Regal. Regal Biden. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, Joseph uh, Biden said this, was it, it was this week or recently in the State of the Union um, that we are the government, referring to the collective us. Um, yeah, and, and which, uh, amazingly, he quotes the, the Constitution to get there, or the preamble to the Constitution. Mm-hmm. Um, we the people of the United States in order to form a more perfect union. He construes that that we and we the people is the government. And in this speech, he goes on to say, and was this the State of the Union? Yeah, it was the State of yes. the Union address. He, he says, that's us. We're we. We are the government. You and me together. It's like, mm, I'm not so sure about that. Um, right. And it's weird that he used the Constitution to get there, a document that he... Uh, could not give a geriatric crap about. So, yeah, and I think I I mean it's obvious from the language in the constitution that the people are setting up a government, right? And right. the the government is a function, you know, outside of the people so to speak. It's created by the people, it's given its power by the people, but it is something separate from the people and it's kind of we have this tradition too from like you know George Washington that it's not supposed to be a career, right? It's supposed to be right. it's it's supposed to be public service. Uh, it's supposed to be something you agree to do. And uh, this might be getting into the weeds, but Democracy in America, Alex Tocqueville, he writes basically that you know it was the worst people in American life in the 1830s who went and served in government because they were the people that were basically told what to do. And that's kind of that's that's America. America bread and butter, so to speak. Like that—that that is what we're built on. Is that idea that the government is the 
worst part of our society that allows us to do the best parts of our society. Um, yeah, even- totally. Well, Ben Shapiro often says the government or the president is a plumber. And, and sure. if you read the Federalist Papers, you know, it's very clear that the people are not the government because they, they talk expressly and directly about the idea that the government governs with the consent of the governed. So it very clearly draws lines between the government and the governed, right? Mm-hmm. And and it the existence of the government necessitates a separation of those that are the governed. So when a government official comes by and tells you, like, no, we are the government. No, 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 we're not. No, we're no, not. No, we're not. Unless you've ever collected taxes, you're not the government. <laughs> yes. I don't know how more how much more clear we can make it. Yeah, I, I think that's good. Um, and I, I, you know, I, I, I think the important thing to remember is that you know, th- there are good uses for government and stuff, right? But they're mm-hmm. they're not the things that make American society America's society. You know, like a very very structured rule based. Uh, regulated government or, or country would not produce companies like Apple, right? Which have like revolutionized Absolutely. the world. Like that requires freedom, creativity, risk taking. It requires the West. It requires, and I mean that in the literal like westward expansion, it requires the cowboys. It requires all those things that we, we identify as like quintessentially American. Sure. And that, that all of those things I just spoke about have nothing to do with the government. In fact, if anything, they're about going on the fringes of where the government is and expanding the te- the territory there. Like that that is that is America, so to speak, right? Yeah, it, um, that frontier spirit. That, that it was it was expanding past the furthest reach of the government, staying at the cusp of their control. Right. is what allowed so much of that to occur. Right um, now, I'm thinking of a whole other episode about how the transistor is the is the uh, legacy of the cowboy but we'll save it for another time that is my new short story um <laughs> so so but yeah and then i guess the other thing that happened is um just just in case you needed proof yeah the, <laughs> yeah the cia put together this just reprehensible political ad in my estimation mm-hmm. um and it's no idea why it's no shock that they didn't. I mean, this is this is marketing bread and butter uh, to take on these woke slogans to put on this diversity uh, themes and these watered down just views of what it means to be inclusive and promote equity and all these things that really are there because they're attempting to give people a place where they can meaningfully work because they've lost tra- because we've lost track in our society where meaning comes from. And so the CIA basically put out this advertisement where a I can't remember all the words that were used, but this person just basically listed all of their uh, woke platitudes essentially and how um, they they had joined the CIA for all these uh, wild reasons. Um I, I'm going to pull up and read a few of these um, to you because I just think they're I think they're just so insane. So it's this lady, Mija. She's a Latina intelligence officer. She identifies herself this and says that she's a cisgender millennial who has been diagnosed <laughs> with generalized anxiety disorder. So the advertisement 
basically says, hey, our CIA have general anxiety, which is like, yeah. how could they not? They're in the CIA. Diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder. How uh, Instead of this, how about like, maybe don't hire a nut job to, to be an analyst for the CIA. How about that? Yeah. I'm not, am I saying that all people with anxiety are nut jobs? A little bit. A little bit. A little, no, you can have anxiety and still do a normal job. However, is is intelligence really your forte? Like this, this to me gets, it's not exactly the same, but it gets to the same idea of like women in combat rules. It's like, um, how wide do we want to make China grin before we realize we're doing something that might be a little bit stupid? And, we, and why are we advertising it on top of that? Um, that's not even really what we're making fun of or what we're talking about today, but there's a million different ways to make fun of this advertisement. It is hilarious. No doubt. And uh, I'll just read this next little part. As she strides in slow motion through the corridors of power and oppression, she admits to once having suffered from imposter syndrome, but now refuses to internalize misguided patriarchal ideas of what a woman can or should be. Okay, let me let me break down Thanks, a couple CIA. things here. Thanks, CIA. Um, yeah, for one, thank you. She says that she's intersectional at one point mm -hmm. um, in the clip. She says that she's a cisgendered millennial. There's a faster way to say that. You can say that she's millennial. Um, pretending like it's like you have to tell people that you're cisgendered is absolutely insane. It is a recapitulation of the social agreement and the English language. It's like... Hunter, if I, I would I might tell you if I was a paraplegic man, but telling you I'm a cisgendered male is like telling you that I am I am a un an uncrippled human. Right. <laughs> it's like the standard state of things. Right. I'm right. not saying that being uh being having a different sexuality is equivalent to being crippled. Um, being crippled is far superior, but regardless, I'm just kidding. That was a joke, uh, kind of. Anyhow, it, it's just it's just a really stupid thing to say. And what what you can take away from people who say really stupid things is that they are trying to they are trying to appeal to those who appreciate the stupidity as long as it tickles the correct funny bone that they possess. Um, then she goes on to say, after listing all of her woke credentia, which is that she's a, of a slightly different race, potentially, and she's a woman, and she has imposter syndrome, and she has anxiety, and all this, all this weepy garbage that we shouldn't let anywhere near our, uh, our Department of Defense. She then mentions that she will not allow her, her identity to be a system of checkboxes. And I was like, well... Actually, you kind of will, and you kind of have. Because in this commercial, you've told us not a single thing about what you do or why you shouldn't feel like an imposter. You've simply right. described pretty lackadaisically what you are. And, and in terms that are both moronic and nondescript. So, like, you've told us in, in one, one woke phrase that you're a woman that likes to sleep with men well who cares like you've differentiated yourself from 49 percent of the population congratulations yeah uh it's just it's a very very stupid very very politically charged commercial and 
That's another thing to remember, and maybe this is where we're going to settle down, Hunter. It's a commercial. Right. Why is the government running a commercial? Right. The government runs several commercials, sometimes to educate people about new programs, um, sometimes to recruit the army. Runs commercials. I'm sure we've all seen GoArmy.com become an army of one right. uh, by joining an army of many. I don't understand the slogan at all. Uh, but no, nah, no, nah, no. Nah. It's uh, it's uh, like if you have three things, but they're in the army, then it's a one thing. It's a one thing. Oh, oh, oh. Because okay, because there's an army of them. Yeah. And then you just you just do the one. I yeah. always think that the Marines should advertise by having a regular Crayola commercial, and they're like the '64 color box with the sharpener on the side, and then a Marine comes from the corner and starts eating the commercial. Um, <laughs> I love that idea. <laughs> He's like just eating the box of crayons. Yeah, just to, um, <laughs> yeah. join the Marines. Um, anyhow, uh, and the Camos, the the Coast Guard should do the same thing where they, but the, it's an Adam they just and Eve, color Adam and Eve podcast ad. Never um, mind. Anyhow, uh, so recruiting, advertising, right? And in this instance, in this specific instance, the CIA is trying to let. Uh, what you would have to assume are young, woke people know that there's a place for them in the CIA. Right. It's safe here. Curious. Curious. Um, and and that's, that's another important part, too, Hunter. The CIA is also doing some PR here. They're telling, they're telling the American people, it's okay. We're woke. And we, when you look at what has happened with, you know, the FBI and the CIA and the Mueller report and the Russia hoax and and all of the strangeness, the Steele dossier, every bit of strangeness that the intelligence community has been involved with during the Trump administration, it seems very strange that they're coming out now and making such a uh, pitch that they're our friends. And to come at the same time when Joe Biden's like, no, you are the government. It's weird. It's weird. It's weird that our government, it's weird that any government is trying to buddy up, buddy-buddy to its citizenry. and With a specific uh, political party, too. Yeah, with a, yeah th- this was not an innocuous ad from the CIA. This wasn't a party-neutral ad from the CIA, which that mm-hmm. makes it even a little bit worse. Yep. But even without that specific bent, it's just, it's just weird. It's not what government should be doing. Mm. government is not us the government is not our friend and it seems to me even stranger especially when they're using the they're using the language of the leftist fascists that the intelligence community might be up to no good they might be looking for like you put hunter the very worst of our society right do you understand where i'm going and that is why today we want just to remind everyone that the government is not your friend. And certainly the government isn't you. Uh, today we're going to talk about a dark, dark chapter of uh, American federal government history. We're going to talk about MK Ultra. So, everyone, get out your tinfoil hat. Yep. Fold it into a tricorner. And, uh, and. Do we call it. Alex Jones? Is he coming today? Alex Jones is busy, Hunter. Uh, he got stopped by a, a brigade of, as he put it, 
a brigade of George Takeish toads. Okay. Is what he said in his text. I don't know exactly what that means. Yeah, but it's hard to understand. Anyway, yeah. But here's the thing about conspiracy theories, and we say this about uh, we say this sometimes on the show. The problem with conspiracies are that conspiracies exist. Sometimes people conspire, and it's amazing how little the average American knows about MK Ultra. Yes, and also how recently it occurred. Yes. So, Hunter, why don't you lay the groundwork for us? I'm sure most people have heard that term. Maybe some haven't. But why don't you tell us a little bit about what it is and, in broad strokes, uh, what you know, give its biography. What happened? When did it happen? And what was it all about? Yeah, I'll try and do that. And you can tell me where to hurry up and slow down and where, where you want to hear more detail. But I'll try to paint, like, a, a very nice uh, overall picture to kind of – show people both the climate that this happened in and uh and what what exactly happened um to to give you just the you know the single sentence on what mk ultra is mk ultra was a essentially a mine an attempt by the federal government to discover mind control uh this is not a joke this is well-researched documents that we are aware of uh utilizing anything that they could experiment with and even to the point of surreptitiously uh, drugging the citizens of the United States and observing their behavior afterwards, um, including prisoners. Uh, so, and, and for a little bit of context, I know this sounds obscene. It is obscene. It is. Uh, it also is important to remember that this happened in the context of the Cold War. So part yes. of the weird preoccupation with pseudoscience and the the clandestine nature of it all it is important to travel back in your mind to that era where you know the red scare was a real thing uh so anyway that's just a little bit of grounding hunter what were the the year like the specific years of project paperclip do you have that off the top of your head or can you round for us so paperclip, and we should just clarify what that is. Paperclip. Oh, I'm sorry. I did mint MK Ultra, but we should talk about paperclip as well. Sure. So the problem, Christopher, with all of this is it gets really kind of weird. But if you wanted to talk the specific years that the project MK Ultra was in existence, that would be 1953 to around 1961 to 1963. Okay. okay? Gotcha. So, but the problem is. Um, you can really see MK Ultra, the roots of that program, starting before the end of the uh, World War II, mm. um, and so that that's I think is one of the more interesting parts about the whole program. So to give you context, uh, Churchill was seeing these Nazis across the pond. He's like, "Those guys are like a dirty batch of toads. I better figure out something to do with them." <laughs> and so uh, he was very concerned that. Hitler was going to use biological weapons on the British people, right? right. And so he, he basically picks up the phone and it, it calls America and says, hey, I need biological weapons, stat, because if they use them against me, I'm going to have to use them against them. Um, you're going to see that we think our enemy is doing X. We need to prepare to do X to them throughout this entire story. And so the top scientists in America... Uh, kind of get together in this meeting in the White House, and this guy, uh, his name was Errol Baldwin, basically comes up with the idea for 
biological warfare. Everyone was saying that there was no way to do at industrial scale the production of biological weapons, right? And, well, that's just not true. <laughs> well, and so the era says something that's so obvious that once it's said, it just makes everyone else look like an idiot. And he says, whatever you do in a test tube in the lab, do so in a larger container. Dun, dun, dun. Right, and it's so stupid that it Must just basically... Gas. Right, right. So he basically cracks the code on that. He start, They start mass producing um, all these toxins and stuff and biological uh, weapons. Um, and they start doing this at a fort, uh, or at, I'm sorry, at a camp called Camp Dietrich, right? Okay. Uh, and if you've seen Wormwood, you know what I'm talking about there. Oh, um, so let's just say, let's just say, if you, if you're interested at all in weird history of the United States, Wormwood on Netflix is an absolute must watch. Um, Absolutely it's, is. It's informative and and artistically pleasing um, and narratively pleasing. So I highly recommend that to you. But anyway, go ahead. Yeah, no, you're, you're, you're 10,000% right. Um, and so what, what happens here after the war is over and everything is Camp Dietrich just doesn't shut down. It continues to produce, um, you know, we still have the Soviets to deal with at this point, right? The cold war is starting in the wake of world war two. Right. And, we're, we're thinking that, hey, these guys are probably figuring out how to do biological warfare. We need to be ready to do biological warfare. And so Ira Baldwin continues to work out of Camp Dietrich, building new and new uh, projects. And um, he recruits uh, who would be the mad scientist, if you will, of the MK Ultra program, Sidney Gottlieb, uh, pretty early on. And Sydney is helping him understand these different poisons, working through different things, and has this obsession, uh, as it becomes later to be revealed, in mind control. Mm-hmm. Mind control, this actually started as an army project, Christopher, um, and it was called Operation Bluebird, right? And the idea was, if we could mind control our opponents in warfare, they would sing like a bluebird. Oh, that's so beautiful. It's so pretty, isn't it? What a yeah. pretty idea. So so let's let's set the the table here a little bit. We've yep. got we've got biological weapons going on at Camp Dietrich under yep. under Ira Baldwin, who yep. hires um who hires Gottlieb mm-hmm. to run a new project that they inherit from the army called Project uh, Bluebird, later to be known as MK Ultra. And that that's close enough, yeah, exactly. One thing that's important to remember about how serious, just so you know, the levels of secrecy and the levels of seriousness about what was going on in the biological weapons program at Camp Dietrich is that it was described by scientists in the know at the time and researchers in the know at the time that was working at this facility that it was of absolute highest Department of Defense secrecy, rivaled only by the Manhattan Project. So uh, yep. we're talking about the the nexus of power in the the military, the Department of Defense, and therefore the federal government. So, so, so you brought up Paperclip, Chris, and this is a perfect time to say it, but Paperclip oh, sure. was this operation to bring in uh, Nazi scientists and basically pardon them for their crimes because we wanted to use their research and their knowledge uh, in different American projects. Uh, I always get this guy's name. Werner uh, von Braun. Thank you, Werner von Braun. Um, we got him into NASA, right? And Ira actually said whoever he wanted as a part of Operation Paperclip, he got him 
unless the Manhattan Project wanted him, right? Mm, and so wow. that was that was based. He was second to the Manhattan Project, just to help you understand how critical uh, this operation was. Um, a and couple if you don't re- recognize the name Werner von Braun. He's the inventor of the V two rocket. He is he is truly responsible for America's success in the space race, also during the Cold War. Uh, and and it's amazing to think about. But this we, we were literally pardoning Nazis and giving them cushy jobs in Florida at NASA, yep. back in back in the forties and fifties, to beat the Russians. I mean, we really really had no bottom here in a certain sense when it came to what we were willing to do to combat the Russians is an interesting time, but not necessarily a different time. So anyway, that's exactly, that's exactly right. And two of the key names that should just spring to people's mind who got involved in Camp Dietrich, MK ultra like experiments are uh, uh, general Shiro Ishii and also uh, uh, Kurt Blom. Um, mm-hmm. Now, General Shiro Ishii probably means nothing to most people. He ran, ran, oversaw Unit 731 in Japan. Um, tell tell would, him what Unit 731 is, Hunter. Think about everything that happened during the Holocaust, uh, except worse and with less people. That's essentially Unit 731 without yeah. getting into the gross details of it. it. It's effectively Japan's version of Dr. Mangala. Yes, yeah, it's 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 horrifying, and I you Google it at your own peril. I'm not going to discuss it because I don't understand everybody's sensitivities, and it's it's horrendous stuff. Yeah, um, yeah, it it makes a lot of things seem pretty tame. Um, Kurt Blome actually oversaw some of the concentration camps and the gassing of different people in those concentration camps. Uh, he never made it over into Camp Dietrich like Shiro Ishii did, as I understand it, uh, but he worked at what was called Camp King, which was a counterintelligence corps, an early version of the CIA, black site in Germany where they tortured uh, ne'er-do-wells, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So, so just a nice bunch of boys. Just a nice bunch of boys. And you made a good point, Christopher. Why do we have no bottom, right? And we right. just need to say this is because we thought that this interrogation, this chemical warfare, this pursuit of mind control was all being done by the Soviets. We thought, what's the worst thing that we could do? This. Well, they're probably doing it, so we have to understand it. And that is kind of how everything that happened in the CIA from the end of World War II to 1970 gets explained and it's not a really good explanation but it's important to remember that's what they were going after it it is important and part of it was was the idea i think the sincerely held idea that russia represented an existential threat to well let's let's say the american people but more fundamentally the federal government because Mm -hmm. you know there's a world in which and i'm not promoting this world or 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 poo-pooing any kind of conquest of America, so don't misunderstand me, but there are worse things that could happen to you than the Russians taking over. Like, I just mean that as a, as a base reality. Russia would not come through, most likely, and kill every single American. That just does not seem likely. Um, but But there's a world in which you become a Russian citizen, and that would suck, but you might keep your life. So... You know, Red Dawn isn't necessarily a existential threat to your average American. And, I, and I, I, again, here, here, what I, where I'm coming from 
on that front. What I mean is that you wouldn't cease to exist. I don't mean that it's preferable in any way. However, to the federal government, it is absolutely an existential threat, right? Yes. It, yeah. it, by definition, they would have to cease to exist as a, as a body and most likely as most of the personnel because that is, that is exactly the target of a type of, a type of raid like that. And so, you have to remember, too, that we just discovered thermonuclear war. Yeah. You know, and so there was not only the fact that, hey, the government itself is under threat of its existence, but it's also the fact that our two nations, if we go to war, may not exist just completely. And sure. these people are terrified out of their skulls of that reality because they think it's going to happen and they think they're the heroes against it. Well, and, and then occasionally, you know, it almost did. But yes. but there there. The reason I brought up Red Dawn specifically is I'm talking about a Russian invasion. Of course, nuclear holocaust is nuclear holocaust. We all go down together. But there's a there was another fear yes, of right. Russian paratroopers, right? And that that is a fear that is not necessarily existential to every American. That that's right. the point I was making. So, so there's a oh go ahead. Oh no no you go you go ahead keep going. Yeah, so I think the big thing here is, okay, we've talked a little bit about this culture. We've talked a little bit about the events that led up to it. Okay, what did MKA Ultra do? And the answer is, we don't really know. And the reason we don't know is because it was so bad uh, that um, Sidney Gottlieb and the, I think the acting CI, or the director of the CIA at that time, the DCI, um, destroyed the documents in 1973 so most of the documents that we have today are expense reports of various sub projects um they're an investigation by the church committee uh in 1975 and so we actually don't know a whole lot which is the reason why so much conspiracy theory is thought up here we do know a couple of things and you can go look into these various sub projects the big thing that we know um that mk ultra did is it funded uh, experimentation of LSD on unwitting subjects through universities. It did this by appearing as like a grant institute or a noble benefactor, uh, somebody that was wanting to research this. Um, just to give you an idea of some of the experiments that were uh, that were taken on during this time, uh, Carl Pfeiffer was a uh, he basically ran some experiments at Emory uh, University Hospital in uh, Atlanta, Georgia. Um, he basically was telling these criminals who came to him that he was experiencing on, he, he experimented on prisoners and was saying that he was trying to find a cure for schizophrenia. He wasn't. He was trying to discover <laughs> how mind control worked. Um, he kept men on LSD, giving them a dose every day. We didn't know what LSD was by any stretch of the imagination at this point. We just had discovered it at, by accident. Um, he'd been giving them doses of LSD never letting them off for 15 months at a time that so you're not yeah. curing schizophrenia you are creating it yes and you hear these people's like testimonies from this where they literally watch cameras turn into dog heads because they're just so gone right, right? so um, um it, a lot of that happened the, and there was a bunch of and, and this isn't this same individual but uh what I think that what we need to discuss on is just how depraved this movement was, how depraved this truly became. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, they would they would dose unsuspecting American citizens, sometimes their own agents, 
and then film them in compromising situations. Like, for instance, they had a program where they the CIA would run these brothels. They would dose up yep. their own agents, dose up uh, different Johns, take them to the brothel, film them engaging with the prostitutes, and then use use that as leverage blackmail in order to try and control their behavior so effectively some kind of soft form of mind control where you put them in a compromising state and then you can control their actions and how how they behave and then use that to control them later uh yeah very very messed up for a government to do to its own citizens Yes, there's actually the person who was most engaged with that at the direct uh, coordination of Sidney Gottlieb uh, was George Hunter White. Uh, Mm. George Hunter White uh, basically set up two hotels where these instances would occur. One in New York where he just convinced people to come upstairs and try some LSD and kind of observe and watch them. And one in San Francisco where he literally had another room and hidden cameras and wires where he would watch prostitutes engage in sexual activities with men. The idea here being get them dosed up on LSD, introduce them to a sexual experience, and then see if you could uh, elicit secrets from them or, you know, get them to change their habits or anything. Mind control wasn't so much part of this. MK Ultra looked at a lot of different things. It wasn't only mind control, but they were trying to see, like, could they do something similar to Soviet agents Right? right, and get secrets and information out of them and never let them see that anything happened. Uh, George Hunter White, just to give you a kind of idea of this individual, he is super gross. Uh, he bought a portable toilet, which he would sit upon as he watched these events take place so that he didn't necessarily have to get up to do anything else. Uh, that's the kind of characters you're dealing with that were paid for by with your tax dollars. Yeah. And it's just, I mean, when I think about, you know, someone living that kind of lifestyle, I just wonder what life could have been like if, if the microwave had been invented and was portable at that time. Because truly, you're, every function, <laughs> I, I mean, maybe Uber Eats, too. You really never have to get up again. Right. Um, it's crazy. It's crazy. And, and this was happening, like we said, to unsuspecting American citizens. It was also happening to, to agents. In fact, Wormwood, that documentary, centers around a specific CIA agent named Frank Olson who ended up uh, taking a bunch of LSD on a weekend retreat. He was actually stationed at Camp Dietrich, uh, took a weekend retreat with some of the brass, took a bunch of LSD, had a bad weekend of it, and a couple days later is falling out of the you know 10th story of his hotel room. And the CIA said it was a unfortunate accident he tripped then later they said it was a suicide uh watch the documentary you'll see yeah. what you think it is I, I i think it is um most likely homicide even if no one pushed him i'll just put it that way so yeah i, I want to read this oh go ahead very strange stuff going on i want to read this one quote by george hunter white oh the 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 whole thing that happened in uh in, uh, in the uh, uh, San Francisco safe house, right, was called mm-hmm. Operation Midnight Climax. So <laughs> that just gives you the idea of how Look, sleazy. they might be monsters, but they have a sense of humor. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
And so that just gives you a whole idea. Um, George Hunter White was, he was a prosecutor, like on the street, police officer. He had a bunch of different roles uh, during his life. And he, in addition to that, he engaged in all kinds of sexual deviancy. Um, He also engaged in a ton of uh, drug abuse. And at the end of his life, and he writes to Gottlieb, or near the end of his career, one of the two, and he writes this. It was a very minor missionary. I was a very minor missionary, actually a heretic, but I toiled wholeheartedly in the vineyards because it was fun, fun, fun. Where else could a red-blooded American boy lie, kill, cheat, steal, rape, and pillage with the sanction and the blessing of the all-highest? Pretty good stuff, brother. So that's George Hunter White, the man who the United States government funded to live out what you just heard me read, right? So it's one of the most obscene things that the American government has ever done to its people. Um, you know, so it's, it's definitely up there. Right. Yeah, absolutely crazy. And, and then there's this some somewhat disputed town or, or disputed story about whether or not the CIA under this project and Point Saint Espirit yep. basically drugged an entire French town with LSD. Yep. Yep. Um, I, Hunter, you've probably done more research about that than I have. Is there is that confirmed or is that still conjecture? I think it's. I think that's conjecture. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know if I know anything explicit on that. It was, uh, you know, a lot of the town got or got poisoning. The CIA was very interested in um, uh, LSD. Um, they had a lot of the world supply, um, mainly because it was hard to get. So, I mean, there's reason to believe, there's plenty of reason to believe it's them, but I, I don't know if there's anything conclusive there. Um, gotcha. But, well, let's not focus on it too much then, because um, the, the, rest of, the rest of the things that we've been talking about so far have been hard facts. And, and I want to remind people of that too. Like, th- this, is, this is probably some stuff that you might not have heard before, and it's definitely some stuff that seems absolutely shocking and absolutely untrue. It is true. And it's actually well documented, and you can go research it. And one of the reasons that we know about it is because it was a rather large conspiracy. And the thing about large conspiracies is that they tend to fall apart. But that doesn't mean that they fall apart before a lot of damage can be done. Mm-hmm. But but it's it's not fake because it is um, incredible. We know about it because it was incredible. Right. And this stuff is is quite well documented. But suffice to say, Hunter... Our government, when faced with an existential threat, did a whole lot of bad stuff, or, or what they perceived, perceived as an existential threat, did a whole lot of bad stuff to its own employees, its own citizens, etc. And the CIA specifically was at the heart of lots of it. Mm-hmm. So, um, I guess I'll ask you, is there any other specific elements of... of um, of MK Ultra itself that you want to tell folks about before we kind of go to our conclusion here. I mean, I think we've done, I mean, there is a ton and that you can go and research just I point after point after point, uh, the different people, uh, 
involved in it. Donald Ewan Cameron, Harold Alexander Aberson, Harris Isbell, John Maholland, um, all these different people who were involved. Uh, the Senate hearings, you can go read the transcripts yourself. I have. I am on a list. Um, <laughs> you, know, you, you, can, you can go look at all the different projects that the CIA had going on and the military. Um, there is a ton out here that can kind of explain this stuff and help you understand a lot. You can go watch Wormwood and understand what's going on. It's even really interesting, I think, Christopher, to look at some of the films that are getting produced around this time, like mm-hmm. The Mindbenders and The Manchurian mm-hmm. Candidate and all these weird things where like, our imagination in some ways is actually behind what the CIA is already carrying out. Um, and just, just to basically say that there's a ton of information, but you've gotten, I think the gist of it today. Um, that is just that this is a real thing that happened. These are real people that done this. I will say this one thing that kind of just hit me on everything I read. Hmm. There's, you know, this is the problem with, consp- with real conspiracy theories is because it's hard to know where the conspiracy stops. Right. Sure. Um, one of the reasons that this was so successful, or at least were, were thought to be as successful, is the technical service staff or the, the technical service division um, that ran this program that Sidney Gottlieb was over for a good period of time um, was a very, very small group of CIA and Army individuals, right? Right. So we're not talking about everybody. We're talking about maybe 15 people within the government who knew what this was, had the funding to carry it out, and were given discretion because everyone was terrified, right? Um, That also rings a little hollow to me, you know? And one thing that you see that Sidney Gottlieb a lot in his uh, later uh, writings in life and in his later life and uh, and a lot of stuff that the other uh, uh, CDI said, I'm sorry, DCI said, is just how much he was kind of made as the scapegoat in his own words and in kind of their own words that he was, you know, the kind of the kingpin of it all, right? And so the real question that I have left when I've done all my research and coming away from it is, man, isn't it convenient that the individual with the stutter, the club foot, and the... and the the guy who was helping procure, uh, helping the CIA uh, with their poisons is the person who takes the fall. And that is a little conspiratorial of me. I'll be the first to admit it. But it is interesting that we we still may not even have really the full picture, and we know we definitely don't, uh, what happened in MK Ultra. But what we do know is shocking and horrifying. So, Right. And that's, that's for one, this topic is just intensely interesting to me. I would suggest everyone uh, go look it up, especially if you're into, you know, the the strange and the unexplained and the mysterious because this right. is this isn't like you know vampires or zombies or something this actually happened and it is important to know about but but it's also relevant to our our current situation right now the CIA no matter how many wokeisms that they use no matter what kind of appeal they make to your anxiety or your womanhood or your your slight Latin descent, they are not your friend. And and no matter what sleepy old Joseph Biden says from his unendingly extreme pulpit, 
The government is not you. We are not the government. And it is essential that we do not allow ourselves to blur those lines. The government would love for you to think that you are one and the same with them because then explicitly your priorities are aligned with their priorities. There is no, there's a perfect confluence of, of priorities if we are the same person mm-hmm. and that is not true the government mm-hmm. want thing wants things that you should not want and that is why our our laws are prohibitive of the government instead of prescriptive they tell the government what they cannot do and they do not they do not enumerate unnecessary power to the government there's a a i'm talking almost specifically about the bill of rights here um, there are there are enumerated powers of the government, and then in addition to that, there's a whole cavalcade of prohibitions on the government given out in the Bill of Rights. And you ask yourself, why? Could it be because the framers who had just finished fighting off a tyrannical government knew that there would be people who would gravitate toward the seat of power that would need to be held accountable and held in check by very specific prohibitive language against their excesses. This seems obvious to me, especially if you look at it in the historical context. And that could not be more relevant than it is today. We have a government that is trying to convince you that there is no conflict of interest between you and the government, and that cannot be true. So it's important to remember what the government has done to its own citizens in the past to remind ourselves that no matter how they couch the argument, they are not us. We are individuals. We are not the government. Because I'll tell you this, Hunter, why are we afraid of Russia if the CIA can can drug us and rape us. Right. And that's yeah. not conjecture. That happened. And, and I'm not saying that it was widespread. And I'm not saying that, you know, we need to overthrow the American system because that happened. But this is what happens when you give, well, like the individual you were quoting, Hunter, it's what happens when you give people the backing of the world's biggest gun. Exactly. They right. can make very poor decisions. And yes. they, we have to keep them in check, and we cannot keep them in check if they are us. So yes, that's so good. I think I think that's why this is an important story. I think it's why it's important for us to speak out against the things that Joe Biden said um, during the during the State of the Union address, and also uh, Paperclip, MK Ultra, Camp Dietrich, incredibly interesting, morbid, upsetting but necessary things to know. So I would encourage you all to look it up. And uh, yeah, that's about all I got. Hunter, what about you? I think that's great. Um, I also just want to give, if you want, like, uh, in in all of my research that I've done, I've watched a, actually just about every movie that has an MK Ultra reference into it at this point. Wow. Uh, the, well, the thing, Christopher, is there's not many of them. Like, that's the thing that's so shocking, I think, is what you'll find out is, like, uh, go look at Wikipedia and you'll find, like, six films, you know, or something along those lines. Um, One that I just think is absolutely adorable, uh, and I do mean adorable, I'm not being facetious, uh, is the movie Conspiracy Theory 
done in 1997 starring Mel Gibson, uh, <laughs> where Mel Gibson plays a conspiracy theorist cab driver who has his own paper that he sets up and distributes. Well, it turns out that Mel Gibson was, in fact, a, uh, a, one of the people who was experimented on during the MK Ultra uh, program. And it, you mean his character in the film? That's right, exactly. Because and it would also make sense if you were talking about him in real life, because he's gone <laughs> a little bit nuts. <laughs> he's gone a little bit nuts. Um, it is the most heartwarming rom-com I think you'll watch this year. Uh, and it's, I'm not even kidding. Like, it's this crazy person that that's just trying to be with this person that he loves at this journal. And she just has nothing to do with him, essentially. And it, the shenanigans start from there. So uh, that's, I don't know, what, $10? Go enjoy that. You'll have a great time. So Awesome. Well, Hunter, thanks for uh, doing a bunch of the research for this episode. Guys, let us know how you felt about this episode. I know it's a little bit different than what we normally do. Of course, I think there is a big idea that's important, but uh, just talking about some interesting American uh, history from a, a darker corner of the textbook. So you can, you can email us at carlpooling at gmail.com if you'd like to ask a question or say anything about this show. You can find the show at carlpooling on all the socials. I'm at chrisxcarl. Hunter's at emotionalcarl. And that is is that for this week remember that you can uh you can follow us on uh, itunes or or subscribe to us on itunes rather and leave us a rating and a review also fnx fit i won't abuse you this week but go check out their products they've got a bunch of great supplements and dietary enhancements and proteins and different things for your fitness and your workouts so go check them out you can use checkout code carlpooling for 15% off at checkout. And again, you can get there by going to carlpooling.com slash FNX. That is Foxtrot November X-Ray. All right, I think that's it. Uh, gang, it's important if you are worried because suddenly microphones are taking on the apparent shape of a horse's head and the wood paneling on your walls begins swimming incessantly, if you find yourself able to stare at a still oil painting and believe you to be on a journey going through it, taking the ring to Mordor with your best friend Harry Potter, you may be the victim of a government conspiracy, and it's time for you to get tested. Mm -hmm.